You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, alongside my wife, Pam, joining hey. each and every week. Good to be here. Good to be here. Where we're trying to have straightforward, honest conversations about married life, and love, and sex. All things in between. <laughs> I guess that fits it. Yep. Yeah. And what we want to know is from the SMR Nation is we want to know what's on your mind. Uh, what questions you may have, um, because as we are continue to uh, likely have to be around each other a whole lot more, uh, yeah. there might be some questions that are coming up that like, wow, I hadn't thought about it this way because I haven't. it hasn't been as much of an issue. I did actually read um, The Rock in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, the quarantine time is actually helping his marriage. They interviewed him, and he was talking about how it's really helped them deal with some stuff and, and make things even better. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of people like that. You, you're, the assumption is that it would be negative because you're right. maybe annoying each other, and that can definitely play into it. But this it. is a time you get to yeah. take advantage of and, and make it even better. And if you're interested in how to make it even better uh, with a community, uh, we can't recommend enough the, mm-hmm. the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy. So if you go to smrnation.com forward slash smracademies, where you can join us to get the extended content. Plus, if you go all the way with us, you get to join the chat and the monthly coaching calls, uh, the virtual hangouts, a lot of the different things we do, where there's just a vibrant group of people trying to help each other. And to everyone else in the SMR Nation, if you got a question, we want to know uh, what's on your mind and how we can answer it for you. 214-702-9565 is our voicemail line. Or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, where every email that comes in helps uh, frame where we may go in the future, because this is listener-driven radio. And the other thing that our listeners do as members of the SMR Nation is they help us spread the word, Pam. Yeah. And that is by jumping on iTunes, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it is you choose to listen. Uh, rate and review, leave a comment, help, uh, help everyone else know. Sexy Marriage Radio's got it going on. Mm-hmm. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation I got to have with Gary Thomas. Such a great author. Author so of Sacred Marriage this. is mm-hmm. the one that's really well known. Uh, he was on a couple months back with When to Walk Away, mm-hmm. where he looks at um, how, to, how Jesus dealt with toxic situations, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great book and a great interview. Mm-hmm. But this time we're talking about the whole concept of cherish because that's particularly poignant in marriage mm. and in relationships. Wanting to be cherished of, or well, cherishing the other? Both. Okay. Of just what's the whole idea of the concept of cherish because it's the one relationship and this is what his work is is really based on where we're called to cherish our mm. spouse. We're not all the other relationships cherish doesn't fit into that necess- necessarily. But in this regard, in marriage, cherishing is a vital component of it. Mm-hmm. And so we get into the, the, the theory and the house of, of what does this look like. Yeah. And then coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is longer, deeper, and there's no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. Um, I get a chance because he's got a history with the church. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's a writer in residence at a church. Yeah, church down in Houston, and right? so I get a chance to ask him his thought about the church's history in dealing with the concepts of marriage and sex. Mm. Because our experience is uh, th- it hasn't been real vocal. Hence, right. Sexy Marriage Radio. Right, exactly. <laughs> One of the components we want to do is walk alongside uh, believers mm-hmm. to help them enhance uh, and ask the questions that are going on uh, that, that they'll get good answers that aren't just anything goes. Right. And so uh, it's a great conversation because he gets into the history of it uh, back where culture plays a huge component. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a fascinating conversation. At least it was for me. I, that's the kind of stuff that that took me back into my undergrad days. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to um, everybody here getting to hear it. But yeah, you're talking about undergrad days. Well, you, you're with a Bible, with a Bible yeah. major, yeah. you know. Yeah. So there was there was a lot of the history that I had to, to learn and the Greek and the, the all the stuff right. that I did in grad in, in undergrad, you know, back back in the days of ACU, right? And and uh, so just having to pull on that again of like, oh, that's right, I forgot about. It. And so even was, your dissertation for your doctorate tied into well, this topic as true. Well, that was so, religiosity and sexual satisfaction. You yep. are correct. So that was a great conversation. So. Um, if but not, not too geeky in the side in the oh no we totally side, right? geek no it's 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 <laughs> just the appropriate amounts of geekiness okay. in there so <laughs> all that's coming up on today's show. Well, I'm excited to welcome back to the show Gary Thomas, who uh, is I don't know Gary is one of the easiest way to talk about it. You're a prolific author <laughs> that, that that you've written a bunch of a bunch of works. Uh, well, look, I love. The process of writing, so it doesn't feel like work. So yeah, I just okay. <laughs> I keep writing, and I'm grateful that uh, publishers keep publishing. I, so yeah, and and readers fun. keep reading. So I yes, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And Gary's been on before, where we talked about uh, your newest work at the time was "When to Walk Away," which was a fantastic uh, conversation and a fantastic book. Uh, I love the fact that you're willing to let's take a look at some of these things that uh, haven't always been dressed up well in Christianese, I guess, is one of the ways to (laughs) to think about it. Um, But where I want to spend some time with you today, Gary, and thank you again for the time, is uh, you wrote a book called Cherish, the one word that changes everything for your marriage. And uh, I want to I want to start with just the idea of where did that idea come from on how I'm always interested in the seminal moments, if you will, of how an idea is born and then becomes something. But then I want to steer it towards uh, more more away from the global idea of the word of cherish in your marriage, but more on your sex life, too, since this is Sexy Marriage Radio, right? So um, go with how how did that come to be, other than the fact that you just constantly are writing, but how did that one particular idea bubble up to the surface? Yeah. Well, I've done about 20 books and three of them, I feel like were dropped into my lap. Okay. Uh, The first was actually Sacred Pathways, nine different ways that we relate to God. And people often ask me, where did that come from? And I explain, I felt more like an archaeologist than an architect. Usually when you're writing a book, it's like an architect. Here's where the front door goes. How wide are the walls? Where's the ceiling? I felt I was discovering something. If you look at the proposal and what came out that they're they're so different i don't like to get too mystical but i really (laughs) feel like that book was given the second one was sacred marriage where it was just 
an unfolding revelation that what if God designed marriage to make us holy uh-huh. more than to make us happy? How I could look at marriage from a new light, how God could use it to turn me another person. The third one is cherish. It, it's a word that was hiding in plain sight. Right. It's a word that almost all of us utter on our wedding day. I promise to love and to cherish. Yep. Until death do us part. And Corey, I don't think I even thought of the word cherish for another 20 years. Okay. Uh, you know, look, Madonna had a song. The association had a song that was great. But uh, And David Cassidy actually covered it. So, um, but, but other than listening to 70s and 80s music, it just didn't even <laughs> cross my mind um, until I, I felt like God challenging me saying, you made this promise to your wife. I want you to discover what it means and learn to apply it. And I was really astonished at the difference it made. For for me, it lifted the bar. Okay. Love focuses me on my obligations. I want to sacrifice. I want to serve. I want to be faithful. I want to be committed. I want to be loyal. All great things. Cherish focuses me on the beauty, the excellence of my spouse. And so instead of Lisa feeling like I'm with her because I made a promise and I can't go anywhere else, it's delighting in her, affirming her. It's an entirely different experience. And and, and I don't think they, they're not at war. They, they right. complement each other. Right. But it creates an entirely different marriage when your goal isn't just to love your spouse, but to love and cherish your spouse. I I like that because I think – um, the way the way I've come across in in going through it was, you know, a lot of the world, just like what you're describing, a lot of times we take these things for granted and then and then married life and relationships start to evolve into this world of just, OK, how do I just survive it? Right. Yes. Do, yeah. How, grip my teeth. Hang yeah. in there. How, how do we just make sure it lasts? Because yeah. and this is one of the things I keep coming across uh, just recently with a lot of my clients is they're holding on to the idea of marriage more than they are the idea of their partner. Yes. And and yes. in the tough yeah. times, I'm okay with that. Let's just be honest, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> if that keeps you in it, done. Let's do it. Uh, because <laughs> I want you to take the commitment seriously. But you also have to look at who you're committing to, which then calls us to a whole other level you're describing, right? It's just this idea of, okay, I need to move into this is not a self-serving thing. And it's also not an idealistic system thing. This is about the person that that thing is involving, right? Yes. And I I would tell husbands and wives, pursuing cherish just creates a different dynamic. I I quote a pastor in there who had seven leaders, men. He had other leaders, but he was just with the men. And these were the leading guys in the church. A lot of people looked up to him. um, And he just wanted to find out what was going on. So he asked them, how many of your wives love you? And all seven hands went up. Then he said, how many of your wives like you? Every hand went down, (laughs) which means every husband felt loved. Right. Wife is a good woman. She's not going to leave because she loves it. But at best, they felt tolerated. Right. And I would just say to the wives, when a a guy feels tolerated at best, you're a good Christian woman. I know you're not going to leave me. We have to, by intention and discipline, do what a cherished husband does naturally. 
it doesn't bring out that natural response. Right. And guys, the same thing is true with your wife, that a wife who feels cherished in a world where she's often ignored, where a world, I guarantee you, she is taken for granted right. by her kids. In a world where as she gets older, she becomes invisible. Right. You know, earlier at an age when her beauty might have been celebrated and whistled at and it even bothered her now, she realizes that game is passed. A wife who feels like she comes home to a husband who cherishes her, I'll tell you, there's not much she wouldn't do for that man because this is not a world where we're cherished. This is not a world where we're even noticed or appreciated. And so coming home to a husband who appreciates her, guys, if we can do that, so many other issues of marriage just become a natural response instead of, well, I, I should do this because this is the right thing to do. Right. Okay. And so – you, you're you're familiar with Sexy Marriage Radio, Gary, and you and I have talked before. And one of the things I always want to do with our shows is I love the things that call us to more, but we also have to get into the weeds of how. Yes. Right? Because this is a conflictual idea that on yes. theory and on paper and ideal, yes, absolutely. We all would agree. I imagine everyone in SMR Nation is going to be nodding along. <laughs> right? Absolutely. But – there's the human side of us that's manipulative, and I want this, but I don't know how to give it. And if I give it, I will have something attached to it, you know. Or maybe it's just me. I'll own this then, as the <laughs> maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe no one else wrestles with with this monster within, but I definitely do. Of uh, yeah, I want to be called to that, but man, I often have so many strings attached to it. So, you know, or another way to think of this too that I was writing down as you were talking is. You know, we want this, but I don't know if I necessarily got the energy to give it. Yes. So what do I do with this? Well, you don't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't natural. You know, they always say familiarity breeds contempt. Yep. Right. And and I, I think there's some some truth to that. But here's what I found, and this is what I love about the things that God calls us to, because they push us to dependence on God. The the wonders of, I believe, the Christian faith is that it's not God saying, do this, jump higher, run faster. It's you can't do this, but I'm promising you my spirit to carry you to that point. And, And here's our hope. The perfect God who cherishes the imperfect us is more than capable of instructing us and empowering us to cherish our imperfect spouse. I realize I'm calling spouses to cherish imperfect people who, according to James 3, to stumble right. in many ways. Right. So the Bible's not idealistic about human nature. It's the opposite <laughs> That's of sentimental. True. That is true. So, so, so how do we get there? First, for me, it was remembering that I made a promise. Okay. I said I wouldn't just love my wife. I would cherish my wife. So I had to have this intentional thing. Okay, now, then second, understanding what that means. Third, um, Romans 12, 2 says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yep. And so I realized, okay, I have to learn to think about my wife differently. And so I was looking for this image that we could hold on to. And the image I settled on was the Garden of Eden. And, and here's where uh, I think we begin. There was a brief period of time when Eve was literally the only woman in the world. Right. So Adam couldn't compare her to, well, her hair isn't as thick or as curly. <laughs> She's not as athletic or as right. curvy or th- whatever it might be. Right. 
for all Adam knew, this is what a woman is. And this is what a woman is supposed to be. And right. of course, Adam was the same thing to Eve. He defined for her what a man is. So I believe when we get married to cherish, we have to stop comparing and learn to make a commitment of contentment. Uh, you can shop when you're single, but on the day you get married, okay, this is my Adam. Right. This is my Eve. The only right. man, the only woman in the world, I'm not going to compare him to anyone else. I'm not going to compare her. And, and I would just ask the listeners, what has comparing ever got you? When you compare your spouse's weaknesses to another spouse's strengths, does it make you feel better? Right. I mean, at t- 10 minutes, you've torn them apart in your mind. You say, oh, I feel so much better about my life. <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, I'm so longing to be with them, you know, and, and uh, hang no, with them. And, and yeah. And yeah. it discourages your spouse because even Correct. though they don't see your mind, they they see the effects. And so a, a key verse I kept coming back to in the book of Cherish was Song of Songs 6, 9. And it says, my dove, my perfect one is the only one. Now, that's spoken of the husband to his wife, and I would say to every guy, that's what your wife wants. That's what makes your wife feel cherished. That's why wives have this visceral reaction to pornography. Right. Sometimes guys don't get why they go into PTSD if they find out their husband has been looking because they want that. They want. I want to be the only, the only. one. I want, right. I want you to fill your eyes with me. And so when we're comparing them, then that's uh, – you know, yeah it it's it's and, a it's and, a thing that just sets it up to where they can't compare. I mean that's right. That's what it boils down to, right? Right. And so I I I mentioned this in, in my book Sacred Marriage. I I began praying this prayer early on, and I don't know why I start. I'd never heard somebody pray this prayer, but I just remember praying, God, let Lisa define for me what a beautiful woman is. Let her be the plumb line to me. Yeah. Of the. Most beautiful woman in the world. Now, I believe God answers prayers. He wants his daughters to be cherished. He Mm -hmm. wants his daughters to be wanted, adored, and celebrated. It's a work of his handiwork. And, and, uh, And, Corey, God answered that prayer so that today, if I'm attracted to a woman, it's because there's something about her that reminds me of Lisa. Because she's the and, she's the standard bearer for you. Yes. Yeah. And and what I didn't realize, this is what helps when you've been married 35 years. Well, I pray that in my 20s. Now looking back 35 years, what I love about that prayer is my definition of the most beautiful woman in the world ages with my wife. Yep. <laughs> and I I, I I never wanted to be that 50-something dad ogling his 20-something daughter's friends. Right. You know? And, and and so when your beauty is set on your wife, here's the thing I would say to guys, that's what brings satisfaction. Right. I get to have sex regularly with the woman I desire above all others. Right. And, and when you talk to guys that are heavily dealing with porn or other issues, the one thing you never hear is satisfaction. Right. It's an obsession. In fact, if they've seen it before, it doesn't work. They want to see something new. Right. And so this really sets us up. What, what I love about this coin, this is just the ways of God. Yep. It satisfies the husband. It satisfies the wife. The wife feels adored and wanted as she gets older and becomes invisible to others or despised by others. And it satisfies the husband. It's win-win. In the world's view of beauty and sexual appeal, it's lose-lose because even the supermodels have to be airbrushed. Right. We'll be back with more of our conversation right after this. We've long talked about how marriages have struggles. Life has struggles. 
but you're not alone. If something is interfering with your well-being or preventing you from achieving your goals, there's help available. Without the help of a great therapist at several different points in my life, I wouldn't be experiencing the life, marriage, and family that I have today. So this is where BetterHelp comes into play for you. BetterHelp can help assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. In many cases, you can start communicating with the therapist in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. You simply log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor. You can get timely and thoughtful responses, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free for for you to change counselors if needed. It's often more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash SMR. That's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. As a special offer for listeners in the SMR Nation, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com forward slash SMR today. So, I mean, you've kind of touched on it that... When, when we're dealing with this on a marital level, that it's something that we're being called to, but how does this also play out specifically in our sex life? Because you're, you're setting it up in the sense that I love the framework that our marker for a target, if you will, is our spouse, that, because yeah. then it evolves. And I mean, I think of this with Pam, you know, 26 years in, in that, man, what we have created together and what I've been along and a part of with her makes it all the more sweet. Yes. Right? Because it's yes. it's something that I can see her. And yeah, I've got memories of who she was on the wedding night and, and early on. But man, that's not the same person, nor do I want it to be on who I'm with now. And And so when you're talking about that on a marital level... I see that, but what happens when we bring this to this whole concept of cherishing when it comes to our sex life? What yeah. what happens then? It's been to me the surprise. It's it's been one of I think the biggest transformations of how I view sexual intimacy in marriage. Okay, um, I we got Lisa and I were going on a trip not too long ago, and we picked up the mail as we're going out the door, you know, Lisa's going to read it while I'm driving. And there was this Christian women's magazine that we don't normally get. And that somebody had sent it to us for something. And Lisa's looking at the cover and it had seven steps to add zest to your sex life or something like that. Okay. And, and Lisa looks at me and goes, Oh baby. And so she opens it up and at like at 30 seconds later, she flips through. She goes, Oh, and she just puts it down. Right. And I go, I go, what? She goes, you wrote it. <laughs> and, and, and that's why they sent it to us. It was one of the contributor copies. You okay. Know? And, and, and it's not a slam, but what she's saying is, you know, if you know it, I know it. There's right. nothing for me to gain by, right. by this article. But what I love about that is when it comes to sexual intimacy in marriage, it's not just about what we know. Right. It's how we apply it that counts. And, and and that's where I think cherish changes the same act with a different attitude. We so focus on knowledge. And look, for younger couples that are just getting started, there are some issues in marriage. You need the mechanics. Yep. They're helpful. I'm not talking them down at all. Right. But but a lot of us, after a while, you know, when you've been a decade in, two decades in, 
you kind of understand the mechanics, but what you do with what you know right. is, is what matters. And what I found is that cherishing preserves the best parts of sex while protecting us from the most ruinous aspects of sex. Okay. It's a key statement. I want to repeat it. If yeah, it doesn't no, bore you. Totally worth it. Cherishing preserves the best parts of sex while protecting us from the most ruinous aspects of sex. Here's what I mean. In, when sex is healthy, a woman, not an act, a woman is desired and cherished throughout all stages of life. So I learn to use sex to cherish my wife. When sex isn't healthy, I use my wife to cherish sex. Right. So now I'm, I'm celebrating an act. Right. My wife is the only one willing. So I'm using her to enjoy sex. But in marriage, it's turned around if I use the act to cherish my wife to say, I celebrate your beauty. I celebrate your desirability. I celebrate your pleasure. I get more pleasure right. out of pleasuring you than in receiving it. That's I like that. I mean, that's almost like a well, duh, <laughs> st- <laughs> statement on how it changes so much that, that here's the one thing that, that comes out to me, because I, I kind of touched on this just a minute ago, too, Gary, that um, this is something we want, right, that, that I, I want to be cherished. But is there also a, the flip side of this? Can it also be true? Can I also have parts that I struggle with when I'm cherished, like receiving being cherished. Can, is that possible? Oh yeah. You know, and I, I deal see this with women all the time when it comes to sex, because they say my husband, they look in the mirror, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Pink had a song. I'm my own worst enemy. Whenever I look in the mirror. Yep. And, and here's what I want to say to wives. If your husband isn't rewiring his brain with porn, if he's having sex with you regularly, the oxytocin released in his brain literally makes you appear more beautiful than other women and other women less beautiful. Right. So when I pray that my wife defines for me the most beautiful woman in the world, I can say that with sincerity. The neurological impact of oxytocin is to create renewed affection, bonding, and appreciation, and it shapes our taste in, in the same way. If you grew up in Japan, you would have a very different breakfast than if you grow up in Detroit. Right. You know, and, right. and you would like it. You prefer that breakfast. So I would say to you, wives, if if you regularly have sex with your husband and he's being faithful and in, in not ruining his mind, right? When he says he finds you the most beautiful woman in the world, receive it. Yeah. Because to him. You are, and God wants you to see this God's brilliant plan. He wants you as a piece of his creation to be particularly admired and celebrated and desired and cherished. And so by you having regular sex with your husband, you're becoming the most beautiful in the world, woman in the world to your husband. It's not a game. It's not an act. It's not a ploy so that he can get his joy in. Right. Uh, it, it really is a spiritual reality that God has worked into marriage. It's it's wonderful what the, God does and that a woman and a man can be so satisfied on so many different dimensions right. in 30 to 45 minutes. Right. And that's that's what's kind of if we if we were to wrap this whole part up that the whole concept of cherish not only it calls us more towards how we go after and treat 
and define our mate, it also defines, in some regards, when you keep it correct in the aligning, the way you're describing it, it defines the acts we do with each other to where they do become a win-win. Because it, I keep hearing these things with this idea of, yeah, I have to constantly make sure my strings that I'm attaching to things are coming from goodness <laughs> more than anything else if they're if they're there, right? Because we still have uh, desires and things, but how do I also put it into a bigger than just an act? It's actually an experience and an essence of each other. That's, I think, what calls us towards the long game of this. Yes? Yes. Yes, it, yeah. it, it does. And it really, what I love about cherishing, Corey, is that it focuses me Am I supposed to call you Dr. Allen? I don't want to give you. <laughs> You're fine. You're doing okay. perfectly fine, man. We're, we're, we're just two dudes talking right now. Let's go. It, it, it focuses me on the positive. I, I think we do need to play defense spiritually, fighting against temptation. Yeah. But when I'm really focusing on cherishing my wife, that shuts off a lot of temptations. Right. And uh, it, it, it it helps us move forward and, and deals with, with other issues. Um, let, let's, because every guy is different and every woman is different. Every body is different. Every mind is different. But, but I just found, particularly as my wife gets older, we're in our 50s now, what it, it can do for her sense of worth that she knows she can still make my heart stop. Right. And, and she, it's, it's not about competing with other images or, right, or right. famous people or, or women 30 years younger than her. Uh, she, she, boy, this is getting vulnerable and maybe a little bit explicit, but I, look, your show does that all the time, yeah. right? So <laughs> we try um, to, at least I've, I've always thought that a woman's back is underrated in beauty. Okay. I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just weird, but, but Lisa knows that. And if I come out of, of the shower and Lisa's laying in bed, looking away from me with just the right kind of lighting in. So I'm, I'm just seeing her there. Yep. She knows kaboom. Yep. Right. That's all that's needed. That's all that's necessary. Yep. Um, my sister, you know, she, she's stolen my heart with one glance, you know, that, that, the song of songs. And so, but that, that gives her a certain power over me. Right. It gives her a certain affirmation. I, I cherish you. Right. I'm the only one. Right. Think it's this, right. And and it's a holy thing that that God wants us to need each other, to appreciate each other in, in privacy, uh, to keep that. Um, I I was going to say I cherish that about my marriage. I'm not trying to use a play on words. But, no, I get you. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and, this, and this is where the that's the power of this whole idea that because what you, and this is what we've always tried to do with SMR is is think of this in the context of what we get to create in married life and for sure sex within married life is this secret, intimate, uh, sacred to take one of your words <laughs> of, of a title, uh, marriage to that. That's something that is just us. And there is yes. no price tag that can compare with what that can become when it is what it is capable of. Yeah, I the, love that. The, the biblical imperative, I know that doesn't sound very sexy to say biblical imperative, <laughs> but it is for women to cherish their husband's acts of love. The Song of Songs begins, and this is, this is 
unbelievable. Song of Songs 1-2, it's a familiar verse. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for your love is more delightful than wine. Now that word love in Hebrew is dod. It's not feelings. It's right. acts of love okay. making. And when she says it's more delightful to me than wine, I just want to take women back 3,000 years when this was written. You didn't have coffee in the morning. Right. You didn't have dark chocolate in the afternoon. You right. didn't get to wear silk. That was invented in China, not in where Solomon was. Right. You, you didn't get to binge watch Netflix. You didn't have painkillers. Right. 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 One thing in the ancient world gave women pleasure like nothing else. It was wine. Okay. It could deaden the pain. It could give you delight. It was one thing that the Bible celebrates. And here's what she's saying out of the highest pleasure in the world. I mean, today <laughs> yep. women miss this because we have a lot of pleasures. Right. But, but today, here's a woman saying this 3,000 years ago. There's no greater pleasure for me than when my husband's kissing me all over. Right. When he's all over me, that is more delight. There's no greater pleasure in the world. She is cherishing his acts. And, and that's why I, I just would tell wives, that's what your husbands want, not to be loved, but not liked. They want you to hear sometimes, if I could get very explicit, what, however you describe your husband's genitalia, right? <laughs> just if you would tell him, I, I need this, I share, I can't wait till you get home. Right. And I can, whatever words you would use, right. if you want to make your man feel cherished, and desired and wanted, if you want to add a new element into your love making, instead of making it an obligation, just say, man, I, boy, honey, right. I need some, right. I, you know, what fill in the blank. <laughs> I get it. So Gary, next time we talk, I'm going to see if I can find a topic that you get passionate about. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Look, it, it, no, it's been revelatory for me. I Corey. totally, I I, that is totally <laughs> felt just listening to you talk about this because, but I, I have to commend it too, just because it is something that can be so life-giving just to think of it in the sense of, okay, this is not just about grit my teeth and bear it and survive it. And I mean, yeah, we might have seasons and times of that. Absolutely. That's life. But this is a calling to something more of what we can actually experience. And that's the thing I love uh, being able to possibly present to people is that, wait, there's a lot more going on. And so let's let's be called to that because this thing's not over, right? We don't just survive it. We, we keep going through it and live it and take everything I can out of it in the experience. And so I love just the framework that you're describing and— want to offer up to the members of the SMR Nation. Um, tell them how they can find more of you if if they want to pick up one of uh, the books that aren't a chore at all for you to write, apparently. Um, <laughs> how do they find more of you? Yeah, well, GaryThomas.com. GaryThomas.com, that's where you can get, there's a tab to see the books and you can read about the books a little bit and see some excerpts and whatnot. It's where all my tags for social media, Twitter, Perfect. Facebook, Instagram are on there and and also a blog on marriage right. um, that they can see right there too. Perfect. Gary, thank you so much for joining me for this time. And uh, I'm curious about where our, our extended content's about to go. Cause uh, I, I am interested in your take <laughs> on, on where we're about to go. So thanks again, man. Thank you. So it's fascinating to me, Pam, that um, 
before I ever got a chance to actually talk to Gary Thomas, mm-hmm. he is the one guy that I didn't like. Why? Because he wrote Sacred Marriage, which is a lot like Naked Marriage in the sense of marriage is designed to do more oh, than just make us happy. You're mad that he got to it before he you? He got to it before I did. With the, What if it was designed to make us holy? That's his right, premise. And right. then we take the premise with the show and the Naked Marriage, my book, of what's it? what if it's designed to just help you grow up? Yeah. Right? And so it was a fun conversation we had off the air about that. I'm like, right, dude, right. I have to tell you straight out that I didn't like you at first when I first came across <laughs> your work. <laughs> he just laughed about that because he's like, oh, I can understand that. I get yeah. it. So, But it is such a great uh, conversation to have with people that just have a passion yeah. about about marriage and relationships and spirituality. Um, so I'm so glad that we've been able to have him on a couple times now mm-hmm. just because uh, he brings it. And the whole concept of being called to cherish, uh, that's, a, that's a striving for us all. Right. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, if we left something undone, we want to know. 214-702-9565 is how you can call and let us know. Or email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, where every email that comes in is read. Sometimes they're answered straightforward just uh, between the emailer, and mm-hmm. sometimes they become shows. So... When you're locked up with each other, <laughs> reach out. We want to we want to help you out. Mm-hmm. If there's something going on, we can touch on. So, whatever you've been doing and however you've chosen to listen, we thank you again for taking some time out of your week to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.